The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. everybody sunday july 30th it's 6 20 central time it's about a storm it's about a down downpour here in pensacola florida um first and foremost shout out to all of our friends in arlington apparently some sort of uh it looks like a hurricane from what i saw on the internet it looked like you guys got hit up by a straight up hurricane so hope everybody's doing okay the last i've heard is it's been like 23 hours without power in the area so if you've been affected by that, hope everything's okay. Um, fun fact, I think if you're a renter, you can file renters claims to get uh, paid back for the food that goes bad in your refrigerator. We're getting off topic. But anyway, shout out to everybody in Arlington. Hope you all are okay. Hope there's no significant damage and hope you guys get your power back soon. If it's not already back on. So I'm going to hop on here today just to go over some of the observations that I took from ACC media day, media kickoff, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, first and foremost, the event in general. Wow. Really, really cool. Three days long. First time ever doing it. Um, day one opened up with the commissioner, which we'll talk about shortly. Following that each day featured sessions with teams that would get up there. They'd have about 15 minutes. Um, so they'd have, 10 minutes for the coach to speak. And then the student athletes would go after fielding questions from essentially the gallery. After that, they would go into breakout rooms and answer questions individually. Uh, they also had a tailgate party after day one and day two, which was a ton of fun. Um, all the media members, they head down into merchant tavern rooftop. Awesome spot. If you saw the video of Patrick and myself doing the quarterback impersonations on the spinny wedding camera thingamajig, that's where that was. Really, really cool. Had a great time. Chopped it up with um, Will, Chris, David, uh, both Davids, David Teal and David Cunningham. Chopped it up with Mike Barber. Chopped it up with some folks from some other outlets. And it was just a really good opportunity to network and kind of, uh, you know, it's good It's good to meet other folks that are covering other teams. And some of those folks will come on this podcast and talk about the teams we're playing later on. Uh, linked up with Fear the Spear from Florida State. Um, and countless other ones. I know uh, Locked On ACC will be having him on as well. So really looking forward to that. Um, you're not going to learn a ton about the team you're specifically covering at these type of events. I think from a value standpoint, networking was great. I think getting to know the personalities from other teams you may not cover was fantastic. I'll go into some of the favorites that I had from that event, some of the other observations that I had. But if you're going there to learn something new about your team specifically, you're probably not going to learn a whole lot. 
Some coaches are great at getting up there and, you know, getting you fired up, getting you excited. And I'm not just saying this because it's the University of Virginia, but there's a stark difference between, you know, I thought Coach Pride did a fantastic job. I thought Dabo did a great job. I thought Pat Narduzzi did a really good job. We'll talk about one of the comments that really got him in a little bit of trouble. Um, but they're personable. They're going to get up there and they're going to fire up the fan base. They're going to give you some quotes to leave with. And then, you know, you look across the rest of the ACC and the one that really kind of stuck out was Coach Elliott. Just not very interesting, not a whole lot going on. Um, you know, so that kind of separates coaches. The players, for the most part, most of them are, I don't want to say they're reserved, but it's kind of a big spot for a lot of them. Um one of the guys who really I enjoyed listening to was Christian Mahogany, the offensive lineman from Boston College. Just has a great attitude, a great presence, um, great player too. If you don't know who that is, check him out. Uh, I thought Josh Fuga was great. We'll go, we'll go down in order here. So observations. And by the way, I did just get an iPad today, the iPad Air. Shout out to Bill Simmons. I know that he does that. Uh, and Pat Finn does that. So I wanted to up my my note game. So this is making it a whole lot easier. So first and foremost, let's start with Jim Phillips. He kicked off the entire thing. The thing that I think the national media and maybe a lot of other folks were interested in is to hear about the Northwestern issue. Um, obviously, you've heard what's happened with the football team. I believe the volleyball team is having similar issues and he started off the press conference by saying, look, I'm not answering any questions about that. He had a statement. He said, since it's an ongoing investigation, he's not allowed to comment on it further. So he left it at that. But let's talk about what he did say. Um, if I had to summarize everything, we all know the future of the ACC is vague, murky at best. And here were some of the things that he said. So quick hitters. Much has been said about the CW relationship that was announced earlier this year. Look, fact is they're going to broadcast 13 games in the regular season total. They're going to be produced by Raycom. We're all freaking out about this. I think it's going to be okay. I think more exposure, more games being on television sets is a positive. And again, it's only 13 games. So, you know, I think we all need to cool the jets on that a little bit. Bridging the g- revenue gap. And this is a question asked by Pete Thamel that probably got the longest response. And I'm going to read some quotes here. He said, quote, so revenue generation continues to be a priority, but let me be clear also, this league is third right now in revenue as we go forward into whatever the next TV deals are for other conferences. He went on to say, third is certainly a good position, but we want to gain and gain traction financially in order to close the gap with obviously the SEC and the Big Ten who have leapfrogged everyone. David Hale put out a tweet earlier this week that I think summarizes it so perfectly. The Big 12's vibes, just the feeling around the Big 12, they just added Colorado. Um, It just feels good. And people forget that the ACC is still third in revenue. But for some reason, it feels like the ACC, sky is falling, no way to fix anything, no end in sight, or the end is actually very much in sight. Um, The chaos has no end in sight. I find that very interesting. Um, but he did reiterate the fact that we are third in revenue. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, but somehow the Big 12 is doing a great job, whether it be PR or posturing or whatever. They're not really being viewed in the same light when the results and kind of the facts um, have them behind the ACC. So 
He also mentioned chasing dollars versus chasing success. Yes, I think at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing that's not really being talked about. We can talk about the money. We can talk about the TV deal. We can talk about the damage that was done under the previous regime in the ACC. But at the end of the day, when you're trying to get folks to pay more money, when you're trying to get folks to invest in the ACC, the ACC has been so largely led by Clemson over the last decade. They've won seven of the last eight ACC conference championships. They're the only team that has appeared in the college football playoff for the exception of Florida State, and I believe year one. So that's really the challenge. That's what we have to figure out. Um, the ACC needs to find a way to get two or three more teams in that nine to 10 to maybe 11 wins and not have so many teams win in five, six, seven games. Until we're able to do that, we're still going to have that label of it's the Clemson Conference. Now, Florida State has a chance to turn some heads this year. I think they absolutely will with Jordan Travis. Duke turned a ton of heads winning nine games last year. We just got to continue to do that, and we got to have the ACC's most prevalent brands live up to their name. We're talking about North Carolina. We're talking about Virginia Tech. We're talking about Florida State. We're talking about Miami. Find ways to elevate and find ways to elevate the entire conference. Let's talk about the yikes quote. The quote that when you're sitting in the room and you're surrounded by people on computers, you know someone said something important when you start to hear when you start to hear a bunch of typing going on. And as I scroll back up to find where I was on my iPad, when you hear a bunch of typing going on, you know something was just said that was important. And this was that moment when Jim Phillips was talking. He was asked about Clemson and Florida State specifically being unhappy with the revenue distribution disparity with the notion of ACC schools being $30 million to $40 million behind schools from other conferences annually. Phillips says that he thinks the programs and their leaders are hopeful to make it work in the ACC. What he said that got everybody typing was instead of trying to get to a number, <clears throat> try to bridge it as far as you can, which is the realisticness of the situation. Not sure if that's a word, but it's just kind of the reality here. You're not going to bridge that 30 to $40 million gap. It just came off very much as a waving the white flag, not a very, not a very substantive answer. And when he was pressed on it, he didn't have a ton of things that he was really conveying that could help us get there. But again, the ACC has to elevate. They have to play better and they have to be intriguing. And it just has not been to this point. NIL. I think he handled this really well, honestly. His message essentially was needing to find a way where legislation from Washington, D.C. streamlines and regulates this on a national level rather than a state level. Um, if you go ahead and you look at the rules from state to state, especially comparing where the schools are in the ACC versus where the schools are in the SEC, it's very hard for one, it to be fair, because a lot of the rules really benefit SEC schools, specifically if you want to look at some crazy stuff going on in NIL, or just, I guess you can call it just progressive, where they're able to really maximize that would be the state of Texas. Um his message is that we need to centralize this and make it more fair and make it easier to follow. You're seeing so many programs get in trouble because they maybe some of it could be bad acting and going against the rules as they know them, or it could be just not understanding the rules in the state of Virginia from high school all the way into college could be completely different than it is right in North Carolina, Tennessee, or Maryland. And I think that's causing a real problem. 
He also reiterated the true point of student athletes are just that they're not employees. He said payment by boosters to attend a school is not legitimate NIL activity. Pay for play and bad actors are harming the spirit of NIL. Completely, completely agree. You're not seeing name, image, and likeness in the headlines of, okay, student athlete did X, Y, and Z, so therefore he or she got ABC. You're seeing student athlete got a bag to go to this school. One, that's not what NIL is supposed to be about. Two, that headline is what pushes all the people who are kind of on the fence about NIL all the way off of it because they don't like the idea of that being what the sport is becoming. And while I am supportive of student athletes profiting off of their name, image, and likeness, so much of what we hear is not about profiting from your name, image, and likeness. It's not about, okay, what can this person do for this brand to help elevate them? What can this person do in the community to help elevate the community itself? And that brings us to Pat Narduzzi. Everybody crushed the Nardog for a suggestion that I feel like on its face is actually smart, but he patified the way that he said it. So I'm going to give you the quote, and then we're going to talk about what I think he meant and what I feel about it. So he was asked, what changes would you make to NIL? There's got to be a lid on it, right? Narduzzi said, I think everyone wants to play under the same rules. The National Football League, they have a salary cap. I think you want to have some sort of salary cap. This is what you are allowed to spend, but you can't have universities that maybe have 75,000 students. Those guys are all former alumni at some point when you have 16,000. It's going to matter. Here's how I would break this down. Like I just said, NIL is meant to pay student athletes off of their name, image, and likeness. It's not get as much money as we can and then dole it out to buy a roster. That is not what this is supposed to be about. It may be what it becomes when student athletes are, if they ever are moved over to being employees, but that's not what it is right now. Athletes can and should be able to profit off of their brand. I believe in this. I believed in it when I was in school. I wasn't exposed to it before I was in school, but I thought it was ridiculous. You saw what happened to the Florida State kicker when he had his YouTube channel. It's utterly ridiculous. Um, I think to keep this fair and more palatable, in my mind, is to have some sort of third party that is able to come in and determine and, and basically set a market. If that means coming up with a score for a student athlete, which is combining their following, their reach, their impact, their work performed, and create a market value that's reasonable, you're welcome to disagree with me. You're welcome to say that that's ridiculous. You're welcome to say that that's stupid. But as long as name, image, and likeness is what we're talking about, and they remain student athletes, that is what it should be, and I believe what it was rolled out to be. If this is not changed and this continues to go the way that it goes, the sport will be dominated by the rich and the people with deep pockets. And if you think it's already that way, I don't think that you are looking at how much more it can trend that way if this is unchanged. If you are getting to a point where at the end of the day, a student athlete is going to be poached and get written a blank check regardless of what they're accomplishing for a business, what value they add 
in the community, every single student athlete that balls out at a school is going to have offers to go elsewhere and it's going to become a bidding war. And I don't think that's healthy for the game. I don't think that that's healthy for student athletes. And somehow it needs to be fixed. Somehow it needs to be figured out. And we'll see. We'll see. It's not as much on Jim Phillips. It's not as much on the coaches. It's actually not at all on the coaches. It comes down basically to Washington, D.C. and the NCAA to figure this thing out. Virginia Tech, first and foremost, the observation of the week to me was the lunch pail is back. Josh Fuga was parading around it all day. It was glorious, and the quote was glorious. Here's the quote. It's back. We're back. Virginia Tech is back. I'm blessed and fortunate enough to be the carrier of the lunch pail. The lunch pail is the standard of the university. It is excellence. When everybody sees it, they have nothing but respect for it. Super fired up to see that come back. I think he said exactly how everybody feels. When the lunch pail was retired, I think what we came to notice or what a lot of people already knew was the lunch pail is not just synonymous with the lunch pail defense. It's not just synonymous with the players in the defense, with the football team, or even the athletic department. The lunch pail is something that people think about when they think about Virginia Tech as a whole. It is something that the school rallies around. It is something that when you're watching television or you even think of Virginia Tech in general and you close your eyes and you visualize what is Virginia Tech, you're probably going to come across the lunch pail in your brain within the first five to 10 things that you think about. It might be in the top three. So I am ecstatic that it has made its way back. And I think that that is absolutely huge and amazing. Um, And Josh Fuga did a great job promoting it. And I'm excited to see it on the sideline. I'm excited to see us fill it up with dirt this year, hopefully with some road wins. Coach Pry, the quote of the week. The quote of the week, maybe the quote of the entire coaching panel was... He was basically asked about the state of Virginia and the programs of the state of Virginia. And he said, we are the flagship school in the state. There is no question about that. Period. Fire me up. Great quote. Correct quote. Um, We loved it so much, we made a t-shirt. So go ahead and check that out over at the swvashop.com. Love it. Love it. Love it. UVA fans did not love it. Momentum. And I think he's completely right. I don't think you can find a 3-8 and eight team right now. This is what he said. I don't think you can find a 3-8 and eight team right now with more momentum and excitement than the Virginia Tech Hokies. I don't think you can find a three-win team with more momentum and excitement than the Virginia Tech Hokies. As far as I know, I don't think another team went 3-8 and because we missed a game. Um, but he's right. The recruiting prowess, the recruiting momentum that we have this year, every single, it seems like, week, Somebody is posting the Lane Stadium video from 2021. I wish they would find some other ones because there are some better cameras out there that has some great footage. But regardless, people love the culture at Virginia Tech. They love the environment at Virginia Tech. And I think everybody is rooting for Virginia Tech to get back to where they were. And every single storyline that's come out of Virginia Tech football this offseason has been positive. So I completely agree with him. You'd be hard-pressed to find another program that won three games last year that has this much momentum. And lastly, comments about quarterback. He said, I don't sweat whether we have a, a starter and that's the guy he plays four quarters or we got a named starter and we've got a package for a second guy. I don't necessarily want an every two series type of deal. I don't think that's good for our team. 
but the other two situations, I'm good with either one of them. Again, this is an ongoing competition. There was no reason to look into Grant Wells being or not being at ACC Media Day. Nick, Josh, and Ali were all fantastic. And I think at the end of the day, it's just an ongoing competition. We're going to see, I think, again, I'll say this again, I think we're going to see Grant Wells on the first series against ODU at 8 o'clock in Blacksburg. And I also think that we're going to see Kieran Jones at some point. So who knows? Who knows? I don't think any of us are going to know for quite some time, probably till the back half of camp, um, what that's going to look like, or maybe even the first series. So this is something that's going to drag on. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Guys that I absolutely loved at ACC Media Day. First and foremost, Coach Elko. Loved Coach Elko. I thought he was great. Talked a lot about culture. He talked a lot about how they approached last year. If you remember, I think their win total was three games last year in Vegas. Blew past it. Had an amazing year. Really enjoyed hearing from him. Jordan Travis was incredible at the podium. Um, One of the quotes that I just remember him saying was somebody asked him to talk about the talent that they had at wide receiver, whether it was coming in, uh, not just wide receiver, at the skill position, whether they were coming in from the transfer portal, whether they were going to be new faces or players that are coming back from last year. And he basically just said, look, they're exciting, but at the same standpoint, I'm excited about the people that they are, the teammates that they are, the impact that they have in the Tallahassee community. He was just great fantastic to listen to um and not to spoil it right now but i did put him in as my preseason player of the year i think uh i'm 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 big jordan travis fan dino babers he was i think the first coach that went um and the one thing that i took away from his thing was he keeps kept saying aloha i don't know if that's like the rallying cry this year. if is aloha the grit of syracuse from our rallying cry back in 2021 2020 i don't know he said aloha at least five times. Uh, just thought that was funny. Dabo, he's just he's just magnetic, man. I, I, I really think, I feel like if you don't like him, there's got to be some sort of some sort of non-existent reason. It's, it, it's got to be hating. It's got to be something else. I, I, I do think he's genuine. We can go back and we can look at the TikTok from a couple of years ago and was it goofy? Yes. Um, but he's great. He went and did a magic trick with uh, Kelsey Riggs on set, which was funny. Um, loves his guys, loves the program. Um, and uh, I really loved hearing from him. I did ask him a question at ACC Media Day, giving him the opportunity to brag on the ACC. Uh, we have the video on our YouTube. You can check it out. But I essentially framed the question as Clemson has won seven of the late eight last conference championships. How has Clemson benefited from the ACC? How has the ACC elevated Clemson? And he gave a great non-answer about how he can only speak about Clemson and how strong the Clemson brand is. And um, he's right. I think, again, coming back to elevating this conference, 
we have to provide more parity than, well, you know, one year Clemson played, you know, Pittsburgh beat them and Pittsburgh gives them a tough game every now and then. No, it's got, we got to find a way to make this more competitive. So delusional Hokey, whose name always makes me laugh. He asked two questions. The first was the perception of tech. Every media member that I spoke to outside of the Virginia tech circle was one really excited about coach Pry. Uh, and that goes to the PR, that goes to the way that he's carried himself, the way that he's recruiting. Everybody's excited about Coach Pry. He's the right guy. I'm excited for your future. So that was kind of a common theme across everybody. The second thing was they're just excited and want tech to be back to being relevant, just like we are. The rest of the country believes. And as a Virginia Tech fan, I look across the country. I'm like, OK, what programs do we want to be good again? Because college football is better when these programs are good. And I think about it, it's Nebraska, it's Texas, it's USC. These are programs that are just make college football more fun when they're good. And we're in that conversation for other people that are not just in the Virginia Tech community. Other people are rooting for us. We just have to get there. And then he also asked about insight gained with the conference alignment. Two things. Number one, Jim Phillips in his dialogue in the beginning basically said what we already knew that Notre Dame, is they really value their independence, which I do not blame them at all whatsoever, especially when they have the brand that they have. They're able to get from NBC what they're able to get. The number is probably going to be astronomical. I don't believe that's done yet, but they're renegotiating it. There's not really a reason for them to join a conference. And also, if you have a problem with their scheduling, go ahead and look at their schedule. They don't schedule, schedule patty cakes. They play a much tougher schedule than most people think that they do. Everyone's like, well, they're independent. They don't play anybody. Go look at their schedule. Go look at their schedule this year. Go look at their schedule in the years past. And one more thing, no one knows anything. Nobody knows anything. Everyone is asking everyone. Everybody has a rumor. Everybody has something that they, in the back of their heads, may believe. I heard somebody I heard somebody say that the ACC is going around asking everybody for money. As, as far as, you know, we were joking about Live Golf. They're asking the Saudis for money. Like, everybody's saying something. Everybody, uh, nobody knows what's going on. I think in a lot of ways, athletic directors are also just riding this thing out and trying to figure it out. I think they are obviously doing their due diligence. And as I've said for weeks and weeks and weeks, in Whip Babcock, I trust 110%. But, yeah, we're not going to find anything out, I don't think, until it's until it's positive. A couple weeks ago or months ago, it was the um, – fabulous seven or super six or whatever it was. And then right after media day, the day after Florida state was on the podium, coincidentally, there were rumors that Florida state is looking to exit the ACC as soon as, as some people say Monday, tomorrow's Monday. I suppose we'll find out if that specific rumor is true on Monday or not, but I'm just, as far as I'm concerned, these are the teams in the ACC and until given otherwise in definitiveness, that's the way that it's going to be. Um, I will give you guys my numbers here or what I submitted for the postseason awards. I picked Jordan Travis for player of the year, as I said, and then predicted order of finish. I went Clemson, Florida State, Pittsburgh, Louisville, who I think a lot of people are sleeping on given their really soft schedule. Uh, North Carolina, Duke, Miami, Wake Forest, NC State, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Boston College, and Virginia. Now, as we wrap this up, 
couple things. We're going to be going in depth on season previews um, with Locked On ACC, with Mike McDaniel. We have a lot of preview stuff coming up here in the month of August. But I did go down to Publix, and when I got a pub sub, I did get some college football preview magazines, which we're going to dive into in depth. Um, But kind of just taking a look at the Athlon one, and also as I was filling out, my form for the postseason stuff. Um, number one, all ACC members that were noted in Athlon. First team, Ollie Jennings was on there. Second team, Monsoor Delane and Tucker Holloway. Tucker Holloway is a part returner. And 12 players from Florida State and Clemson were on the first team. And the observation, all of the hype this year is Drake May Jordan Travis and Clay, Cade Klubnick at Clemson, which is fair, which is fair. They're probably the three best teams. I'm sorry. Florida State and Clemson are the two best teams in the ACC. Drake May looks like he would have been a second or first round draft pick last year. Um, he was just incredible. But I don't think nearly enough people are talking about Riley Leonard at Duke. Riley Leonard threw 20 touchdowns last year against six interceptions was a 63.8 completion percentage. Duke is returning all three starters at wide receiver. They are returning their tight end and they are returning three of their five offensive linemen from last year. By the way, he's a dual threat quarterback who had 699 yards on the ground and 13 touchdowns as well. So it's 33 touchdowns, six interceptions. I mean, Look out for Riley Leonard. Look out for Duke. I would not be surprised if he comes out and he is the best quarterback in the ACC this year. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. So that does it. We have a huge week coming up here at Sons of Saturday. We are interviewing J.C. Price on Monday. So when you're hearing this, we'll be talking to him that afternoon. If you have a question and you're listening to this early enough, shoot it to us. We are interviewing Taylor Tannebaum from ACC Network to talk about ACC kickoff and just previewing some of the stuff in the conference. And we are also doing something. I encourage everybody to do this exercise. Go through the college football schedule. And for each week, pick the game. If you could sit on your couch and you could watch one game that week, what game is it? And if you want a real challenge, Pick a game a week, but you're not allowed to pick the same team twice. So if you pick LSU and you pick Florida State week one, you can't go and watch an LSU or Florida State game again the rest of the season. So that's a little fun exercise. Got a lot of awesome stuff coming out. Um, Be sure to check the website. We have all of the recruiting commitments being written, written up by Alex Arnett. He's done a fantastic job. We're getting Nels back for football season. We're really excited about that. Hot Wings and Hot Takes is right around the corner. We're doing something special there. No promises, no promises, but we are in talks with possibly doing something a little produced a la LeBron James's The Shop for that. So keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, ACC Media Day was fantastic. Want to shout out Christian Mahogany. Talked about him earlier. He was a Paramus Catholic grad. Awesome, awesome dude. Um, One of the best offensive linemen in the country. Um, so I wanted to shout him out. I was able to see him. Shout out to all the media members from Virginia Tech. It was great seeing everybody. Um, and shout out to all the new friends that we made over that time. And it was really, really cool. Looking forward to it next year. 
Looking forward to football. We're right around the corner, and uh, we got some awesome stuff coming your way. I hope you all have a great week. I hope you all get your power back in Arlington, and we'll talk to you soon. Reach out to you and say, Take a hit, it started